so for today's podcast, we're going to be doing having a little chat about um, managing uh, some sports organizations and, you know, how to deal with the kind of um, organizational power of sports organizations. I think that's a kind of key topic and it's, it's, it, 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 it can become very difficult as the organization becomes bigger, makes more money, you know, more resources, the structure of that organization becomes a bit more tricky and it's important to kind of understand the different levels who's doing what and how it's kind of broken down uh, between the different people. So this is for uh, uh, MSAL 6, uh, 640 for uh, Dr. Mullins. And we're just going to be right, just kind of screws right into it. Um, my name is Niles Brown. Uh, and today we're just going to focus on, uh, keep it simple. Um, I'm not sure how familiar everyone is, but uh, just looking at um. A, uh, a soccer team, not necessarily the team itself, but the organization for itself, looking all the way from the owner of the team all the way down to, um, you know, the players, managers, and how the power dynamic is broken down between the different levels and who does what and why and where, you know, the dynamic is between each of the people and how, I mean, essentially how they're able to... Uh, Kind of interact and work with each other. So when discussing the uh, organization, it's important. So let's say, well, for the sake of the podcast and today's episode, we're gonna keep it simple. Let's say you know we have uh, a professional soccer team called Soccer Team A. Um, brand new team, just got a bunch of money. You know, very competitive. Lots of great players just got signed. And then they got a nice owner, um, you know, they have sporting directors, athletic, tra- you know, trainers. You know, it's a complete program, complete team. Now, we have to look at how is the dynamic within the team? How is the power spread out within, uh, within that team, excuse me, the organization? Who's doing what? And, you know, why is it important that it's spread out between these different people? You know, it's important to understand that, you know, not just because someone owns the team or someone runs the team, that doesn't mean that they are able to just take it upon themselves. Okay, I own the team. I, you know, gave the team, you know, money, legitimacy, whatever you want to call it. They should, it's not fair to them to have all the power. Obviously, that's not the case, but there are some organizations that are run where, you know, the investor, the owner, I did this so I get to dictate how this, how, how different trades go or how the team goes, what directions, and it can lead to some unhealthy circumstances and situations. Not always, but in most cases. You know, just to um, kind of break it down before we get too into, into uh, you know, looking at our soccer team A, you know, organizational sources of power. It can be individual and it can be within the organization itself. You know, we'll start out with the individual. You know, obviously, this is kind of... Um, based off a hierarchy of different positions, you know, the higher up you are on the, you know, positions of total pull of power, the more, you know, ability you have to make decisions, influence within the organizations. Traditionally, as the lower you go, the less influence you have, the less ability, power you have to make uh, choices and the less, you know, your quote unquote opinion or say idea is heard. Like I said, this is traditionally, obviously this isn't the most case to most, you know, everyone in a sense has a voice and should be listened to and heard. Um, you know, higher up you are, we have more authority to, you know, implement new rules, ideas, you know, quote, 
punishment, whatever you want to call it. And as people start to work within the company, let's say they're doing good, they get rewarded power or authority within that organization. So then, so let's say assistant manager's been doing really great for the uh, team, um, and you know they really like what he's been doing. So now, okay, maybe if the let's say soccer team A's manager leaves, now he can step into that management position, or maybe they give the assistant manager, okay, you can do this really well. Hey, can you also, you know, help manage the uh, youth team or something like that? So then as individuals and people within the company start to perform properly and, you know, go above and beyond expectations, then they're reward apart within the organization. You know, on the flip side of that, you can't give them too much power because, because then it starts to say, okay, well, I'm doing this. How come I'm not getting, you know, more, you know, more say more money you know whatever you want to call it you have to be careful in terms of how you're you know giving out these quote-unquote things of power so you know like i was saying it's important to understand the power within the, uh, the organization how you want to kind of spread that out between the um between the uh, different kind of uh functions within the company you know, there's also a quote-unquote negative sense of power where um, it's, you know, you use your power, your authority, or, you know, within high being, do high up to lash out punishment or um, consequences to, you know, in most cases, people below you or maybe not at the same level on the totem pole. Like I said, there does need to be a sense of discipline, but this idea of, it, you know, coercive power isn't necessarily the, you know it's it can lead to toxicity and it isn't necessarily the best way to kind of go about things um there's referent power who someone who just kind of assumes a role of authority and has the ability you know has a great character charisma people like to follow listen to them, you know they make great choices so it's just understood okay you know we can trust this person to make big choices for us and we can trust them to, you know take on these responsibility roles not that we ask them to but we just trust them based off of their character and what they've shown us before and then lastly um expert power which is most common especially you know let's say we'll focus on our um uh our soccer team a um there there's experts within whether it's in the medical side training um you know nutrition the weight room uh i mean the manager's an uh, uh expert in his role you know everyone is ex- should be expect experts or you know have a high knowledge of their you know, the role and then they're given the kind of power or authority based off of that so maybe so let's say they got a new lead um uh, trainer, uh, you know, part of the uh, medical side. Okay, maybe he just came, you know, he doesn't have a lot of experience of working with different teams. You know, obviously he's knowledgeable, but doesn't have as much experience. He might not have as much power, you know, authority within team compared to, let's say, a much older trainer or a, a doctor. Been around a long time. He has a well-established, they might have him a little more power within the organization, even though they're doing the same roles and they might still know the same or not it's a lot of it has to do with experience moving on the organization you know we're going to start micro we'll kind of move out a little bit macro looking at the bigger picture of power um as a like i said for soccer team team a you know they just got a new investor or owner injected money now they have more resources now they got more power because they can go out and get things to help improve the organization as a whole whether it's players staff 
all of, you know, improving and staffing years. Basically, the acquisition of resources allows you to have more power with money, certain political people, it's it, all those sorts of things. The more resources you have, the more ability you have to kind of influence things around you, the more power you're going to have. You know, the ability for the um company to be able to kind of handle times under pressure, the organization to handle things under pressure, you know, when things aren't going the right way. Um, you know, if if that works and they can do that, they're going to have more power because organizations who can't do that, they'll crumble, they'll fall under, lose their investors. And it's, it's, a, it's a domino effect. So being able to be adaptable, work when things aren't going good, and, you know, making sure that they are able to handle, you know, with decision making and make sure that things are in check on their side so other people aren't worrying about them. So within this fictitious organization, soccer, you know, soccer team organization, it's important that we understand that the power is is should be equally, I don't want to say equally distributed, but distributed in a fashion where each level is, you know, having influence on the overall proceedings of, and, you know, for the overall improvement and movement forward of the organization. You know, you don't want your owner thinking one thing's going on while your manager's out, you know, and the, telling the team to do completely different things and having them play a certain way or act a certain way while, you know, investors or, you know, sporting directors, you know, looking after these players or trying to do these things causes confusion. You know, the, then, like I said, a whole other set is, you know, politics, get organizational politics get involved. So it's important to have, you know, these little checkpoints where, you know, each level all the way up from the highest level in terms of owners, um, investors, uh, managers all the way down to the players, you know, staff, all those people, they all need to have a sense of power where they can, you know, help. Their, their voices need to be heard and, you know, what they do and what they say and their actions determine, you know, how they're able to influence, you know, the people around them and the organization itself, you know. You don't want to get stuck in an organization where you have an organization where people don't feel comfortable speaking up or doing things or, you know, they know their work isn't worth, you know, worth a dime or a penny, you know, it's like, okay, well, you know, I'm not being listened to or I have, I have no power. I can't make any, I feel like nothing's changing here. So I'm just going to sit here and, you know, kind of hang out and do what I want and do the bare minimum. And there are clubs like that, organizations like that, where these, where the bare minimum is done because there's no power. And within itself, at a micro level, there's, there's no power. It expands over to a um, macro level where the organization itself within the, let's say, let's say the SOC team A in this league. Now, they're losing games and can't keep up because within itself, there's, you know, organizational um, discontinuity, you know, uh, non-continuity and, you know, there's no cohesiveness within the power structure. So, you know, maybe it's one or two people making all the decisions and everything else is just a muck. So now you know, people just don't feel it's it, it it bleeds out and it's a domino effect. So, you know, just you know, bringing everything back to you, it's important within you know, or let's say, like I said, for our soccer teammate, that the power dynamic is understood. Like I said, obviously there has to be different levels, and as you go higher up the level, traditionally there's going to be more power, and more influence. But as a whole, to increase the power of the organization and its ability to proceed and move forward to its, whatever these goals are. It needs to be understood that they need to work together and, you know, understand and push each other to this goal.